0: Episode 12, right? Yeah. Griffin tells me this is episode 12, so welcome to episode 12 of TLGR, Two Lefties Get It Right. I'm Cameron.
1: And as always, I am Griffin.
0: And speaking of Griffin, how was Griffin's week?
1: Um, you know, it was a good week. Uh, Back to, got back to class this week, which, you know, annoying. Not having, you know, entire week off. But, you know, whatever uh been, you know it's getting down to it i've only got a i'm sure you're about the same couple weeks of my semester left so things yeah, are getting yeah, busy but it's winding down it's finally uh i mean it's north dakota nice out which means it's 45 and sunny <laughs> yeah um but you know it feels good to have some above freezing weather and some sunshine
0: that, that that's fair um i i wish we were in the same boat so over the weekend like the long weekend i'd probably say wednesday into the into sunday we had like a low of 65 at night up to like 81 during the day Jesus. with the sun it was really nice so it was like no humidity it was perfect weather it's still too early for the bugs even so it was just like perfect evenings and everything then we get to today i wake up this morning now we knew that the temperatures were going to drop a little bit this week but we wake up this morning it was snowing we went from <laughs> 80 on sunday like yesterday to snowing today that's you gotta ridiculous. love the midwest you gotta love it this is ridiculous climate change doesn't exist clearly clearly you got to wonder if, like, if this is post-climate change Midwest weather, what was, like, pre-climate, like, let's go back to, like, Paleolithic times. What was, like, the Midwest region, like, geographically and, like, topologically, you know? Like, was uh, it still, like, such, such drastic changes?
1: Uh, I'm sure it was, like, relatively drastic. Um, uh, it was warmer for good parts. It was really wet, really marshy. Um, like, all of North Dakota, Montana, or good chunks of North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming was a giant lake um but i'm not super familiar with uh the, with the climates
0: have i ever told you how much of a nerd you truly are i think i asked I am that a nerd. I you're the only person i've ever heard would heard to actually answer that question so i appreciate yeah. that thank you oh um, well, you know so i just at, um yeah. <laughs> go yeah. ahead, go ahead.
1: there's a lot of uh we we just did a uh I, I i know i told you this but but i got invited to go to a uh like a little like screening thing they're thinking about hiring a new uh paleontology professor for our department so she talked about that a little bit Is why i knew that Uh, so quickly uh but i I met a man there by the name of harold by the name of harold ham uh he or the the university of north dakota school of geology and geological engineering is named after mr ham uh i believe he's 74 years old he's also i shook his hand he just introduced it i'm like He's like, oh, I'm going to. He said he was an alumni. I don't think he actually ever went here, but he's like head of the Alumni Association. I don't know how that works. Right, right. But you could do that when you're the 63rd (laughs) richest man on the planet and you're worth like $60 billion.
0: (laughs) And you just met him, like, by chance. Yeah, he was just there. He was
1: just a dude.
0: (laughs) That's absolutely insane. Like, you met the oppressive class. How do you feel?
1: Yeah, I know. I met the bourgeois and I didn't eat him.
0: You, uh, you class traitor. Class traitor. um yeah so i guess that's enough about uh personal stories we'll get into the the meat of the episode the meat of why people come to this is to learn because it's an educational show above all else you know so um we start every week with the news and this will be no exception maybe some like 67th episode or something will change up the news order but (laughs) for now we remain the same um We've been keeping track uh, for the last few episodes, uh, as per the uh, Gun Violence Archive, the amount of mass shootings in the United States so far in 2023. Um, In the last week, we've been covering it for three weeks, since um, the 10th of April, last Sunday, or last Monday, rather, we are up 18 mass shootings, uh, making 162 total for the uh, year. Uh, For reference, I believe we're only 110 days into the year, something like that. I, I saw some, how many days... Into the year, are we? Yeah, we just are, gotta do a
1: quick Google search.
0: Yep, day one hundred and seven. Day one hundred and seven. So we have sixty more mass shootings than we do days of the year so far.
1: Insane. It's so frustrating.
0: That's incredibly frustrating. Like you, you see these, um, like you see these, just comprehensive gun measures just not being passed, and then you see the people that are actually like mildly standing up for it, like the people in Tennessee. And they get kicked out of their chambers. It's just, it's very frustrating.
1: Yeah, you know, speaking about those um, representatives of Tennessee, with some good news. A very, very rare TLGR good news segment. Hmm. Both uh, Representative Justin Jones and Justin Pearson of the Tennessee House of Representatives have been reinstated as interim representatives. And it's expected that they will be, like, overwhelmingly reelected in their special elections that are yet to be scheduled.
0: That's perfect. That is that is great news. I actually have a piece of news right back at you that I don't think I actually brought up earlier, too. Um, the writers' union in Hollywood right now, is they just agreed uh, as a union to strike as of May 1st because um, their contract expires, and they do not like the working conditions that they're in right now. I think it's the animators, too, with like uh, studios like Disney pushing them to the absolute limit in the last two years. Um, so their contract is set to expire on the 1st of May, and they have agreed to strike, so... In solidarity, with, in solidarity with the Hollywood Writers Association.
1: You know, I, speaking of unions, real quick, um, I saw earlier today—I I don't know how old it was—but talking about um, in the last, so the New York Amazon-like warehouse managed to finally get unionized. That happened earlier this year, late last year, I think. Yep, yep. Um, and there's one in somewhere in California that's attempting, you know, taking measures to do the same thing as you know all workplaces should be and some of the things they're looking for is like sick days and whatnot and $30 an hour wage starting
0: okay
1: which it seems like a big ask for me but they really pay only like 22 to start out with and honestly $30 an hour isn't that much money what
0: is that a year like salary it's
1: like 60 not even 60 I don't think 50 60
0: yeah it's Um, 62,400 a year
1: um that's before taxes
0: yeah that's before taxes So, you're probably looking at netting, I don't know, 50, depending on what state you're in. Yeah.
1: Um, But they're looking, and so I saw a statistic in the last three years Amazon has spent $12 million on third party union busting organizations. And what they've been doing is like, you know, classic union busting tactics of trying to teach them that, oh, the union's just going to take your dues. They're not really going to help you. The union's a business, blah, blah. blah. And they're like, yeah, fuck you. We know you're full of shit. Uh, We'll see you in court.
0: they literally banned the word "unionize" on that one app. Do you remember that? It was like "organize," yeah. "unionize," "strike." Like they literally banned the computer from printing those words onto the screen. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, the i and the fact that like this level of union busting. Cause I correct me if I'm wrong. Union busting is illegal.
0: Yes, it is. It is unconstitutional.
1: Yeah, well, like, it's so
0: not it technically constitutional, con- but it,
1: yeah, it's yeah. not in the constitution, but it is illegal. Like it, it violates it, federal it law.
0: Yeah, it is federally illegal to bust unions like outright, but yeah, Amazon gets away with it because they it's own like companies. this is they the, the
1: clearest union busting. And I, you it's know, like the government has like the, it hasn't even been brought up in the federal legislature, much less the state legislature, because we're you know we're exactly. all slaves to our capitalist overlords.
0: Uh, obviously, Amazon owns us. Target owns us. Apple, any Fortune five hundred that just means you own. All fifty states divided by five hundred
1: or something. That uh, reminds me. I, I can't remember what yes. the exact poll was, but it was the one you sent to me. It's like you ag- agree or disagree. Corporations are more trustworthy than the federal government. Whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. And I got a kick out of that one, just because like my brother Christ. The federal government is the corporations. Like yeah, you're you, asking think, the same. you think you think they're like... voting? You think they're voting in your interest? You think they're doing anything other than like who do you think they're like? Oh, the government's corrupt. Yeah, who do you think they're corrupt to? <laughs>
0: yeah exactly who do you think pays them to be corrupt
1: yeah like who's who's worse the people who are corrupt or the people who are pushing the corruption like
0: one of one of my favorite metaphors that i ever heard from a youtuber that i really like second thought i know i've mentioned before um he actually had hasan on his uh podcast this week so please go check out um the deep program on spotify highly recommend but um one of his favorite like things is saying well, people will try to come back to you and say, well, we don't actually live under a capitalist structure, like like a capitalist system. We're in uh, corporatism or whatever. And he's like, well, aristocracy well, this... pretty much. Yeah. He's like, well, wouldn't this sound really stupid if you walked up and said to someone, you didn't die of stage four cancer. You just died of cancer. Or, or you, you didn't die of cancer. You died of stage four cancer in that order or something like that. Like, that's just stupid. Corporatism is just the natural progression of capitalism. Like it, it's yeah. the same, like the same thing, just stronger of what it really wants to be.
1: I mean, like for those you who don't know in, an aristocracy is, like, essentially where a government is controlled by the few... And, like, the like, wealth and power are consolidated amongst a few people at the very tippy top. It sounds pretty familiar, if you ask me. <laughs> a
0: little bit. Um, yeah, a little too much.
1: But no, it couldn't be. America's the land of the free democracy forever, baby.
0: Where law ends, tyranny begins, I'm pretty sure, the is fr- on, to, like, the, on the Supreme the, Court. F-
1: the freedom to be a slave to your capitalist oppressor. That's what we got here in America, baby. Hell you know, yeah, brother. Mm-hmm. I but want the freedom the to the throw Supreme out my Bud Light.
0: <laughs> but, but speaking of the Supreme Court, yes, I used my own segue. Uh, so we can let's talk about this. Let's talk about uh, Miff Pristone, uh Griffin. I don't think we actually mentioned it last week. Earlier this, earlier this last week, the uh, a Texas court judge overruled, or um, was it overruled or just like banned, whatever. So it was uh, a a Texas,
1: like circuit
0: court, Texas court,
1: whatever judge, overruled like or, like, blocked, it's methylpristone?
0: Um, yeah, so, methpristone, I think.
1: Methylpristone, yeah. It's an abortion pill that's used in, like, a fat majority of abortions. A Texas judge blocked, like, an FDA ruling saying that it was safe from, like, 20 years ago. Um, and pretty much immediately after that, I want to say it was a Washington state drug, or gu- judge, blocked the blocking.
0: <laughs>
1: and then it, it it actually got to the Supreme Court really fast. But-
0: it did get to the Supreme Court very fast. The Justice Department requested that they get involved. I know uh, uh, Biden made a speech to, like, like basically made this plea to them. Congressional leadership did. They're like, you've got to come in on this. you got to... Because people will lose access, like, tomorrow. you got to stop this right now. So did get to the Supreme Court within a matter of a few days. And they have paused the ruling while they can uh, talk amongst themselves. So for now, the first stone is still available. in it cannot be, like, blocked uh, constitutionally. But... The leaning is of the court right now, and their previous ruling this summer does not look good for actually overruling the Texas rule. That's the that's the biggest problem with that. But it is a slight pause to uh, give more people some time to figure out what their plans could be going forward if this drug does get shut down. See, I see
1: so – I mean, this is – I mean, the conservatives are giving the game away at this point.
0: Yes, like, they're, not, they're not trying to hide a,
1: it. Like – and and that's why I'm like the judge's ruling really makes no sense to me. Is like he's like, well, it's not safe. Like it's been being used for twenty plus years at a massive success rate. With it's in like by all standards, it's, it's an incredibly safe. safe. It's an incredibly safe drug. Safer than ninety nine percent of them. To get and past it's,
0: FDA like approval at year after year, you still have to make sure your product is safe. Those yeah. years and years, like it's and not it's just like, one time. Like you're
1: gonna at, go. What a widespread level this is used for on such a contentious topic. Like, if it was legitimately dangerous, it would be... Fox News would be sucking it off constantly if it yeah, was legitimately dangerous. But they're,
0: they're still treading water with the misinformation after that lawsuit hurt them pretty bad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which is Did you hilarious. see Tucker's
0: interview with Trump after the arraignment? Or, like, did yeah, you at least watch the songs covering it or I something? I watched
1: the songs covering it. It was pretty funny. That
0: was that was really, really funny. I,
1: I This is I the still... thing that reminds yeah, me of... Like, the reason... Because, like, even... Like nobody really likes Biden. Even like libs don't like Biden. He's no, no, no. like there Trump. are some
0: random ones that will, but not a lot.
1: Yeah, but like, I mean, like, think about like the difference between like our last couple presidents, like Obama, even Bush a little bit, not to the same extent as Obama and Trump. Th- compared to Biden, especially, are just so incredibly charismatic. Like yeah, I, they, they know I despise Donald. I despise Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Fuck, is he entertaining to listen to? I, that, that he I, I disagree with everything he says, but I like to listen to him talk. He's entertaining. And it's the he same thing with how, Obama. Obama's a great speaker.
0: Donnie was literally a pro wrestler. Those guys have to take acting lessons. They know how to do like like, play to the crowd kind of work. That's yeah. where he got, like, most of that skill wow. from.
1: And that's, like, I mean, like, in the for the most part, I mean, Biden's policy is fine. It's not awful. It's not great, yeah. but... It's, I mean, it's in, my, in a lot of people's eyes, objectively better than Donald Trump's, but, like, his managed to captivate the people because he's just so charismatic.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's, like, it's a thing, like, when it comes down to being a leader, like, you give people give fuck all about what you really have to say if you're interesting.
0: Yep, that's 100% true. There was, it's been, like, proven, like, people have, like, slipped in, like, quotes from, like, Hitler or, like, just these terrible historical figures into their speeches. And if you say it with enough passion and you don't tell them, like, who it is or, like, whatever like that, they will still cheer for it. It's the personality, not the words that matter. Yeah. That, that's literally what the cult of personality means. It wasn't the cult no, of I, Stalin. It was the cult of personality about Stalin. I mean, Stalin.
1: you it was could, like, show people, like, Hitler speeches, too, and, like, you don't tell them that Adolf Hitler said this, and you're like, oh, shit, he's mm-hmm. spitting. And then you're like, the yeah, Hitler said that.
0: Context means a lot, for sure.
1: That, that's um, really, that's, like, the biggest, like, giveaway, though, is, like, I saw a video the other day, and it was like, "All right, I'm going to show you a speech, and you're going to tell me who you think said it." And they're like, they like, tell me what you think about." It. They're like, "Oh, I really like that." Like, "Yeah, he was spitting." Like, "Yeah, that was Adolf Hitler."
0: Yeah, um, they just tricked him right away. <laughs> did um, did you see that? Uh, so, like, we were talking about Trump a little bit. We can back it up too. The fact that Tucker Carlson hates him so much is so crazy to me, I think it's that's so hilarious. Awesome. Like, so there awesome. are literally texts exposed in the lawsuit over Fox News over the misinformation talking about how, like, he's like, soon we won't have to talk about him every night. God, I hate him. He's, like, the devil or something like that. He said something, like, really weird like that. He's, like, he's such a moron. It was so funny to repeat.
1: And then he Seriously, has to interview thing, him
0: a week after he gets arraigned. Here's the thing about
1: Tucker. I despise Tucker Carlson. I think he's an awful human being.
0: Um, I think he's done less damage than Newt Ging- uh, Gingrich or – yeah – no, um, who am I thinking Rush of Limbaugh. that died a couple years Rush Limbaugh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, of, think.
1: well, definitely, um, because Rush Limbaugh the worst.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh,
1: but Tucker, I don't think – legitimately, I think Tucker is, like, a moderate conservative. Like, if you, like, get, get him, like, away from his show and, like, some of his personal interviews, or, like, I saw a video of him back at, like, CPAC in 2009. So that's a long time ago. Things could have changed. He genuinely gives me like moderate Republican vibes in like his personal politics, but he'll—I mean—he'll spit all the complete bullshit that he has to because he's making a fuck ton of money. He's gonna exactly. do whatever the fuck Murdoch tells him to do.
0: Mm-hmm. But but that'll only last a few more years. I would say within the next ten years, he'll be done with the entire show combined. Because you did you happen to know that he is the son-in-law of the Swanson Meats Corporation? Oh, yeah.
1: He's his, a Nepo baby. Big-time yeah, Nepo yeah. baby. Oh, yeah. He's,
0: he's going to be worth hundreds of millions of dollars as soon as his uh, father-in-law dies because he's like in like the will or whatever. Yeah. So as soon as his, he, he kicks the bucket, he's no longer the, I'm just like you, even though he's already making $3 million a year. Yeah.
1: I mean, he's already not just like me because he's a Nepo baby and he's making $3 million a year. Um. But, yeah, he, like, I yeah, I could see him, like, kind of going off on his own platform. I mean, he has such a big audience. Like, he's got to love the fame.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. What, um, yeah, speaking of 2024 with uh, Trump, too, uh, Tim Scott has announced uh, that he is probably going to run. He's all but confirmed it at this point, a uh, South Carolina senator. He gave the response to President Biden's first address in Congress. He's a... Uh, he's an african-american republican man but he spits the most like vile racist like just is candace like, owens race traitor it's race traitor 100 percent. and he will just push you say oh I'm, this is the rep this is the proof that black people can be a republican and stuff like that but he'll still despise any form of like inner city help or anything like that or low income housing anything
1: been he's brainwashed, an
0: appalling politician, and I don't think he'll make it past any primary. He's not that popular, especially <laughs> well, plus Trump he's black Stages. in the Republican Party. Plus, yeah, that is true
1: 100%. Trump's gonna get the nomination. There's no world where Trump yeah. doesn't get the nomination.
0: I agree. Did um, did you see that the the person that was uh responsible for the documents of U- the Ukraine like involvement they got arrested?
1: Yeah, he was a so he's a National Guard airman at the Pentagon, right?
0: Did you I see so, where especially. they got do you see where they got leaked? Yeah, to a Minecraft Discord <laughs> a server. A
1: Minecraft Discord server. <laughs> <laughs> he literally
0: he leaked them to win an argument.
1: He, yeah, he it's was like the war- pictures
0: of them, and then sending them to his Splinter Discord saying that I can get top secret information if I want to. He was proving a point.
1: <laughs> it was like the like. Have you heard about like the War Thunder stuff?
0: Yeah, that that's where yeah. Yeah, like, so people, like people like
1: people will get arguments on War Thunder forums about the specs of like the tanks, of the airplane. And that people will just leak classified, like, military information to get, to win the argument. It's awesome.
0: Have you seen, there's also a huge problem. I thought this was really funny. I didn't write it down, but I thought this was really funny. There was um, a, pro- uh, a problem a couple years ago. It's, like, largely fallen off now because it's a lot more, like, restricted. But, like, there was a huge problem with people leaking, like, top secret, like, data, like, uh, battle plans and, like, base specs and everything like that on Quizlet. Like, they were, like, <laughs> making Quizlets and releasing it to the public. Or so there, was this, there was this one guy who took his Fitbit or, like, something that was, like, a Fitbit and just walked around the outside of a military base, like, for a couple of days, mapped the whole military base, and sold the information. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny.
1: That's crazy.
0: Ugh. Dude, uh, do you have anything else news-wise, or do you want to move just, on?
1: A little second. It's not really news, but um, I fell down a rabbit hole on Sunday explain, morning. Explain, explain. Um. So I, I'm a heathen, and I use the TikTok like a normal person. And uh, I stumbled across the TikTok page of, I believe it's called The Right Side.
0: I think uh, that it, sounds right.
1: But it is a conservative dating, conservative-only dating app. And it's fucking it awesome. Horrendous. It's no, so it awesome. Horrendous. The guy who, like, is, like, the CEO of it is a former Trump White House guy. And it's he's so right queer co- He's so queer-coded. Like the way like his voice and everything about him, he's so gay. I know he's gay.
0: Yeah. But he's also
1: like wrong. he's also like, my wife needs to stay at home and pump out children and uh never leave the house and let me beat the fuck out of her. Which is shocking that he's 33 and had to invent his own conservative only dating app and he's still single.
0: He's um, still single, yeah.
1: But um, it's so funny, like it's him just trying no, to own no, the it lips. It's wasn't so funny. funny. No, it's really funny. Cause like it could on un- like some of the stuff that he says could unironically be like leftist critiques of liberals, and then you like realize he's conservative, and it's so funny.
0: It's all in the wrong way, yeah. But it's still cringe. Yeah. It's like, oh, I came to this baseball game without a mask, and I'm not vaccinated. Whoops, I guess I'm dead now. Or something. Yeah, and like it's, it's like, so- <laughs> oh my god.
1: It's like a- uh, <laughs> I, and it's like liberals when they finally get to their first like route it's like it's like the i can't i can who says i can't wear my converse thing it, they're so dumb it's like him like <laughs> so it's bad. like me when i'm around liberals and he's like walking over a floor covered in eggshells like it's so funny it's so it's, stupid it's, it's that it's terrible. hilarious it's so bad and so funny and i love it but so i got i fell down this rabbit hole i was hung over it was sunday morning i didn't want to go out of bed and so i watched these for like an hour
0: and he kept were, sending was, them to me so it was even yeah. reinforcing in the algorithm i
1: was cracking up and i i forgot how powerful the tiktok algorithm is or like social media algorithm is especially if you're like looking at right-wing shit and i am now on hog talk and it it's still funny like the people like
0: it's probably disg- like you probably like, open that in class and people actually think you believe that shit yeah uh
1: like the people like it's all like people like hating on bug light and like i got like people saying that like the solution gun control is clearly more gun like the solution to mass shootings is more guns i saw a guy Obviously. who tried to argue this was i mean i almost said it to you this take was insane um it's this guy talking about like mass shootings in america and he's like well if you look at it like I, first of all i want to know where he got these statistics because they were wild um he's like only one percent of mass shootings on the planet a year happen in america Uh, and it's like way less than they tell you, like there's actually not that many mass shootings. Uh, only like, only like 1% of violent crime in America happens with a firearm. Uh, and like all this crazy shit. Alex Jones. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, there's no way a lick of this is true. And he's, but like, yeah, I would love to hear the biggest, the biggest critique I had. Was it the fact that his, like the shit he was saying was demonstrably false. Um, he was talking. He's like, "Yeah, worldwide statistics and all." I'm like, "Yeah, but I I'm going to be honest with you. When we're talking about mass shootings in America, I don't give a fuck about the guy who killed 130,000 people in a genocide with a gun in Somalia. Like, I'm not factoring that into my statistics." That's yeah, that's true. Like, why, like we're talking about worldwide for a domestic issue. Like other, it's like yeah, he, and he tried to say that like European countries have more mass shootings than America. He's like, "Yeah, England There's, has more yeah, mass shootings yeah, than America." I'm like, "No, you're you're wrong." You're just
0: wrong.
1: You're, right? you're just simply wrong, sir. So there's it's a lot of stupid wrong. people out there who believe a lot of stupid shit.
0: You know, I could probably segue. I could find. I could find a segue off that stupid people. Speaking of, we have the coverage of a documentary we been watching that features George W. Bush. See, it was a long one, but I mean, I got there. You know, he got there. Whatever. It's a long way to roast Bush. Whatever. Um, as a <laughs> beyond the point. Um, so as the, we've been talking about the last couple weeks, we've been covering this Netflix documentary, 9-11, The Turning Point, and The War on Terror. Um, we've been watching episodes one, two, and three the last three weeks, and we, uh, there's five totals we'll be doing for the next two weeks, too. So, we'll be, uh, talking about episode three this week. If you want to keep up for next week, watch episode four. There's plenty of time. It's a very good documentary. It's very well made, very stylized, and, uh, yes, yeah, very entertaining. Um, so episode three was titled The Dark Side, and I- it's 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 an ironic uh side because it, um it's an ironic title i guess because the good guys in this one are portrayed as obviously the free responders at the beginning cuz those are the actual people that really were the heroes of this whole thing it starts actually with this um like statistic of like how many like cops were killed how many firemen were killed paramedics and everything like that and it ended up being 403 first responders it was the most killed any like single event for first responders it's, like not really that shocking of that but what I what I thought of that too is they didn't show the title until after that, then it went to like the cold open. Right before they went to the logo though, and they showed the they showed the um, the title. It showed the flag waving throughout the debris. Oh, we're so we're so united and everything like that. Then it shows the dark side and it transitions to the Justice Department side of this whole story. So I thought that was a pretty cool title. Because it starts with this fact that the CIA knew about the hijackers, they knew about all of them um, that were in the states. They moved in, uh, they moved in the United States at the beginning of the 2000s, and they were just laying in wait, trying to get jobs as pilots and just learning how to fly in general. Um, but they knew about them. They knew about them as soon as they got to Malaysia beforehand. They had a a meeting in January of 2000, so almost 24 months before uh, September 11th, and they knew about them that they moved in. They, didn't, they tried to send a memo, but they didn't, apparently, they quote-unquote never, like, they never s- sent out of the system uh, to the FBI, who was domestic rather than international. So the, the blood is on their hands. And, uh, yeah, apparently, they, they, they scanned through this, and Bush, let me know if you saw this, too. They actually scanned through one of the passport questions for one of these uh, hijackers that uh, came into the United States. And it was, like, one of the questions on, like, the immigration that was, are you a representative at, or of a terrorist organization? Yes or no? Who, who would circle yes when you're trying to immigrate into the United States? Like, that's, what? It's That's
1: like, they're just hoping somebody's dumb enough.
0: Like, if you like a yes, like, 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 it's like a yes. You gotta be like, how do you determine if it's like a joke or not? Or like, what? Like, who is stupid enough to actually put yes? Would you
1: like the... to go to prison? Yes or no?
0: <laughs> Literally. Uh, but yeah, um... After they talk about like the uh, intelligence uh, knowing them, and they basically put all the blame on like the public blame was on them. Excuse me, it's <laughs> like the public put blame on them, so they basically like shift around to the executive position, like that they were also kind of blaming them, and it kind of stirs for a bit, and it comes back to it a little bit later. But first, it cuts to the legendary Dick Cheney post nine eleven interview, where he basically says there will be no negotiations, there will be no reparations, there will be no peace whatsoever. We are going to war no matter what. Like, everyone was expecting him to kind of come out and, like, calm everyone down. Like, he was the mild, toast kind of guy. But he had some money that he wanted to make. So he was like, let's go to war, guys.
1: Dick Cheney wanted some power, and he wanted some money.
0: It, t- it actually talks about it in this episode. <laughs> I actually don't know why I'm coughing so much. Oh, I think I'm getting sick. But – it actually talks about how, like, Dick Cheney was such this believer in, like, the powerful executive branch of the presidency. Like, he never got to talk about it himself. But they, they show this, like, old picture of him in Rumsfeld in the White House when he was chief of staff. And he was just eyeing up, like, to see the presidency. Like, the president can do anything. Like, that's what, like, he was, like, famously quoted as saying. Like, that's absolutely insane. Like, he just, he knew what he wanted to do. He knew it would be hard to get there, but guess what? He found a way to have even more power than the president because the president is still limited. The vice president, who who has authority over them, no one. So they basically got to do whatever he wanted, and what he wanted to do was terrorism war. Hell oh yeah, brother! Yeah, they talk about uh, Guantanamo and this the horrors of torture and how these people were like shipped over like planes like just as cargo. They um, talk about the Geneva Convention and so. Bush, I actually have this uh, question for you too. It's they talk about, um, like according to the Geneva Convention, like they can't, like, one of the criteria is you have to be, like, uh, under a flag or something like that, and you can't kill civilians indiscriminately. No. Now, and, and like if you do that, you can't be considered, um, like a prisoner of war or something like that. Like, you can't be taken as a prisoner of war. Um, but in Vietnam, wasn't that the whole thing of what we were kind of doing over there was just indiscriminately killing civilians, and yet we complained about us well, being taken prisoners of war? Um, is that imp-
1: you're you're missing a very key point uh, in the Geneva Convention in that it's not a war crime if America does it.
0: Okay, sorry, I missed the fine print. I, I didn't read. Um, actually, I didn't actually do my homework. So uh,
1: I'm like I'm pretty sure like it's not exactly what there is like basically a provision in there though. like if we do it, it's okay. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, but, I mean we we wrote the thing. Yeah. We, we had at the Alta conference, of course, but like it was us, Britain, and the I mean, Stalin technically,
1: pandemic. we weren't trying to murder civilians in Vietnam. They were just trying to, like, like oh, yeah, there is an enemy combatant in that city. Insert name, bomb. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, Insert name, yeah. Bomb, burn them. Ugh. That actually brought me back to one of my stories that I forgot to talk about. It was very early last week, so I completely forgot about it. But um, Chicago uh, has announced, um, following their mayoral election last week, or two weeks ago at this point, actually, it was before. Yeah, two weeks ago. But Chicago announced that they will be holding the uh, 2024 uh, National DNC convention. So they've done, I believe they've done this once before, or they've done this twice before. The last time was less significant, but the time before that, from what I remember, was in 1968, following, like, following the uh, assassination of Bobby Kennedy uh, <clears throat> by the CIA. Never mind, that was a purposeful cough. But, yeah, exactly. After the murder of Bobby Kennedy, they went to this nineteen sixty eight uh, Chicago uh, DNC convention to nominate who they were going to do. They ended up nominating Hubert Humphrey, who lost Richard Nixon. But they um, there were a lot of these there were a lot of these protesters there, and they were very unhappy with the war in Vietnam going on through LBJ and who was going to be next who was going to continue on regardless. They were very upset with that, so they began to protest who they were gonna, who they actually wanted to get picked the Chicago Police Department um, instigated mass violence against them, and it turned into the Chicago riot of 1968. I would highly recommend the movie on Netflix, The Trial of Chicago 7. I've watched it tens of times, and it's amazing. Fantastic cast and story, it's just really, really good. So that'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I was just interested about that. Nice segue. And yeah, so that was pretty much episode three. We did talk a little bit more about the torture memos, and with a different, like how they basically already determined at the beginning of it that torture wasn't going to be effective. Uh, it had to be this compliance versus cooperation tactic, and it ends with like the war coming. It talks about this guy. I was 17 years old when those planes hit. I enlisted the next day, uh, and I was ready to go fight a good war, but I was wrong, and it cuts to the episode four. So I assume episode four will be Iraq and Afghanistan.
1: Well, I, I suppose, you suppose we get into the, the real meat of the episode now, Cam?
0: Yeah, yeah, I suppose. So, um, yeah, go
1: ahead. Yeah, so t- at the time of filming and the time this will come out, it is um, April 17th, 417. But in a few days, we have April 20th, yes,
0: 420.
1: Which means it's time to talk about drugs.
0: It was either drugs or Hitler, and we decided it would be drugs, would be funnier.
1: We, we agree. Yeah, drugs. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah you just want to just. I, don't, I don't, we didn't really discuss how we started we're gonna start this. What is like, what is your take on like, narcotic laws, drug laws, drugs in general, Cameron? Just like give us a broad take.
0: Yeah. Um. So my personal opinion. Um. I stand by a lot. Like this is probably the most libertarian argument that I can make. Libertarian socialists that I am, is that I truly, I truly do believe that no one should go to jail or should be even criminally punished for a non-violent drug offense. No matter the drug, that is up to their decision. That's up to their body. If they're safe with it and they're not exposing it to other people, I don't think they should go to prison for it. If they're abusing the subject, they should definitely go to rehab. And I think they should be able to get on with their lives after the fact. They're not forced to pay ridiculous rehab bills. They're not forced to pay these medical bills that they would slip back into drugs to take anyway. I don't think anyone should be punished criminally for them. Um, I think the selling market is a little bit different. But if you want to truly, like, make uh, make safe uh, sales with it, then you legalize it and you rake in the tax money and guess what? You pay off any debt you have within a matter of years. The first year, the first year Colorado uh, legalized recreational marijuana there. They had a tax, they had a tax surplus of $10 billion just from the tax on weed. And that was before they increased it the next year. One year they had a $10 billion surplus. That's insane.
1: Yeah, I'm in full agreement. I would like, I will draw a line that I am a legalization of just about every drug. I mean, there's some to the extent of, you know, fentanyl that yeah, uh, yeah. if you like, I would prefer if it wasn't obviously because it is, you know, how incredibly dangerous it is. But if it I, I, I've always been a firm belief that there will be infinitely less drug deaths if it's illegal, because like you see I a big problem. Agree. Like, a lot of the deaths, even, like, fentanyl overdoses, like, a lot of the fentanyl overdoses come from, uh, uh, like, PCP and shit that's laced with fentanyl. So they don't know there's fentanyl in it, which I never understood the whole lacing, but that's a, a different conversation. Like, I – because you legalize it, you can regulate it. So you're – plus you're eliminating crime in the extent of, like, drug trade. Like, the drug trade is going to plummet because, like, mm-hmm. people who want to do drugs don't want to be criminals,
0: no, they th- yeah, they just absolutely. like so you
1: de you decriminalize drugs and you you know install dispensaries it it eliminates a huge chunk of like drug crime, um which you know can also reduce like gang violence and cartel violence that we talk about you know for those conservatives out there who are really concerned about that, um and like yeah and you talk about like tax the fuck out of it obviously yeah, and I would a like lot to of see. Money on it. I yeah, tax the fuck out of it, but I would like to see a huge portion of those taxes specifically go to either safe injection sites or um, like rehab facilities. So like, I think if you're going to legalize drugs and you tax the fuck out of it and you use that money to publicly fund rehab centers, publicly fund safe injection sites, et cetera, to make sure that, you know, people, cause people who want to do these drugs are going to do them anyways, but make it safe and cap and make money like, on it.
0: It's very interesting to me. So I looked up these, a couple of statistics. I was actually a little curious. Oregon does have the lowest crime rate when it comes to strictly drug crimes because of the uh, decriminalization passed within the last few years. They decriminalized, I believe, every drug except for heroin and maybe like fentanyl and stuff like that. Like I think like all like, psychedelics and I think even cocaine is legal, like is decriminalized, not legalized, but it's decriminalized in the state of Oregon. Um, but... Yeah, since then, they have had drastically lower crime statistics um, compared to other states, even, like, Washington and, uh, and California below them.
1: The idea of, like, I don't know, somebody being, like, getting criminalized for being addicted to drugs is so str- Like, I understand criminalizing of um, selling drugs uh, if you're, like, trying to scourge it, but, like, it, like arresting somebody on, like, possession or, like, arresting somebody who's, like, addicted is insane, dude. Like, it's just so inhumane, so, like, crazy. They're like, it, like especially people who, like, come in, like, like look, looking for help. And like, that's cool, but you're going to prison.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is crazy. I'll,
0: I'll pose you this kind of question, too, Bush. It's like, so you said you'd be more in favor of, like, actually criminalizing the sale of drugs and stuff like that. And I think we can both agree on that. But isn't it kind of interesting to think of, like, yeah, we should criminalize the sale of drugs unless they're wearing a white lab coat and they have the name Moderna on them or Johnson yeah. Johnson? I mean, pretty if, much. Pharmaceutical titans are selling just as many, or just selling infinitely more drugs, and they're making infinitely more money than the biggest drug dealer in the world. Well, it was beside, was it, it? Wasn't El Chapo? Who was who am I thinking of that had so much money that they spent so much money on just rubber bands? Oh, I don't even know. Oh, Escobar. It was about Escobar. Oh yeah, yeah. He was spending twenty five hundred dollars a month just on the rubber bands to hold the money that he was making. That's so funny. But besides them, you also have these pharmaceutical titans that have lobbied and in, like, and just pushed so far for legislation that they're making infinite stacks of, of cash on people suffering on people getting sick. They're getting their profits year after year. They're making more money year after year. And guess what? They're costing more and more just to buy these life-saving drugs like insulin. Thank
1: and you God, know what? These, like, like,
0: people like Bernie are actually pushing for like a $35 cap.
1: Even, uh, you know, I hate big pharma as much as everybody combined. Um, they would make more money off this too. Cause like they're already manufacturing morphine and heroin and all these drugs. Like now they can manufacture them legally for like street sale, just for, like a high, you know, like that, that just boosts their profits Is more they can make.
0: 100%. And even, and not even like the production of it too, but even the studies, like people give out these giant research grants to study like what, like the effects of drugs on different people. Cause they get to like test like different, whether it's makeup products or for, like just FDA in general. But The pharmaceutical people they test these different painkillers and blah blah. If they're testing, like, let's say they require people to come in to do, I don't know, a psychedelic study or a heroin study, they get to like market off of them like taking these drugs. They get to produce it. A, that makes them money. And B, they get to basically patent whatever research comes out of that. They make a new drug to combat whatever side effect it was. Bam, they're making even more money. It's just, it's insane to me.
1: I, I, there definitely have to be like, there's a lot more. Like, that would have to come with, like, all right, drugs are legal now. Go to, pop out to your dispensary. Like, drugs like heroin, et cetera, if you're going to go meth, you know, like those the really dangerous ones that can be very dangerous. Uh, if you're going to be legalizing those as well, I think you, I mean, you have to have dose limits. Uh, you can only buy X amount a month and have to have like a card or whatever, like a way to track how much everybody's getting.
0: Uh, yeah, but like, I, I agree.
1: my biggest, the biggest opposition and the one that I can legitimately get behind when it comes to the legalization of most drugs is um like if like i think me and you can i think we're in an agreement there like right? there's definitely drugs i wouldn't try you know meth and heroin but there's also a yes. lot of drugs that i would try if they were legal and i could get my hands
0: on them yeah that's fair that's fair to say
1: So like I, yeah like, i think i think it, most it, people like, would be in that agreement like, yeah and so like people always talk this about, idea of like,
0: yeah go ahead sorry
1: Uh, this idea of like legalizing drugs would definitely cause a lot more people to start using them, which could definitely lead to more addictions and more problems. So I do understand that.
0: See, that's where I got to push back on you a little bit. I don't think there's been enough research to step, like to like actually go with that. I think actually it's the taboo that like, I I think a lot of research actually points to the opposite of the taboo actually increases the usage. Like the perfect example is like, during Prohibition in the 20s, when was like that was the most alcohol consumed of the entire country's history, was during Prohibition because as soon as it becomes illegal, more people want to do it. It's it, another like comparable example I think is like even like uh, adolescent like 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 sex like when you're in high school or something like that, you're told don't do, like, if you have a really strictly abstinent like school upbringing or very strict home like regimen life that says no don't do this whatever like don't fall into your urges. What do you want to do the first thing you get to college when you're away from all that? Bam, you're like, you're going wild.
1: But that, that's a good point. Like, so, like kind of yeah. like the act of rebellion.
0: Yeah. So, I actually was going to point out, too, I, I think that from what has been the preliminary, st- like, shown in cities that have decriminalized it and states that have, de- like, and have legalized it, I think, especially with Colorado, it's like the reported marijuana usage or sales is like less than what predicted high was. Now, granted, that's through back channels of like the dealers back in the day and stuff like that, but it's still a valid statistic, I think.
1: Yeah, and like I was still like, because I definitely think like I drugs like especially like on the lines of like heroin, incredibly addictive drugs.
0: Yes, yes, I agree. Um,
1: Like I, I I think addiction rates could go up, which is why I think there needs to be a way of like regulating how much any like you have to give everybody a punch card, and you can only punch it, you can only get X amount a month. Mm -hmm. Um, and like once you use it, you use it, you're done.
0: It's going to require more uh, more social spending, more social programs for um, these people that are using it, and that's where I think we we both have our biggest agreement is that we think that tax money should be going to those social programs. The people that need them the most are the ones that are getting it the least. This you is know like, who's getting it the most? Raytheon.
1: This is a kind of a unrelated topic, but it's like relevant to that when you talk about um, the social spending. I, I, I had this. I've been thinking about this the last couple of days a lot. Uh, that. From conservatives and like more conservatives and liberals as well, um you see like this whole idea like, well, we can't do this because like it's going to raise taxes or like how are we going to pay for this? It's like the ultimate moderate pushback. Mm. It's like, well, who's going to pay for it? And it's like, I, I sit so here thinking think to myself like, it's so simple. If I have to pay an extra twenty dollars, forty dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars every two weeks out of my paycheck to stop literal fucking children from starving
0: to death, yeah. You could take my money. But it's shit, also shit. the fact, like, <laughs> it's also the fact, too, that's not even what anyone's advocating for. No. I, I Like, people are really saying, you're not going to pay a single more dollar in tax as a working class individual. No. The most expensive one, 1%, yeah, they should be paying 50, 60, 75% income tax. They should be paying absurd amounts of taxes because then there's, guess what? They're still richer than everyone else and everything can be paid for. And that's not even to mention the fact. We could pay for all of these programs right now if we even slashed our military budget by a third. There was there was yeah. once a, a there was once a government like this is unrelated to drug like related to drugs but whatever. There was once a government like like survey conduct, like not survey but study conducted that it would cost twenty billion dollars to end homelessness. Not twenty billion a year, not twenty billion every couple months. Twenty billion one time payment into social programs and bam you're good to go. We could end homelessness tomorrow with. Not even one percent of the military budget. We spend eight hundred and fifty billion dollars a year on it. We could literally end it in with one stroke of the pen, twenty billion dollars. And as uh, JT would say, it, I know there is no way to like, there's no way to justify it to someone unless you say, well, how is it going to save me money? You know, stuff like that. We spend about three billion dollars every single year to uh, fight homelessness the way it is right now. With ineffective programs and ineffective funding, we spend about $3 billion a year. A little bit of math would tell you that it would pay for itself in seven years. That's, I just can't believe people actually, like, don't realize how much money that is and how much well, we could fix with those little dollars.
1: And it's, you know, me and you love to play capital, right? but it's unironically, like, a byproduct of just, like, you know, like we see it in corporations as well, as the blue bus cycle is completely unsustainable. Practices it's like you're i'm gonna do what i think is gonna save me the most money right now for this fiscal year fuck what happens next year mm-hmm. like there, there's no forethought there's no planning ahead there's no looking ahead
0: of the, like the biggest proponents of capitalism brought up under red scare propaganda education system even the, the friends that we've had along the way they will throw out the line communism is inherently flawed okay let's analyze that well it's talking about co- living collectively we lived as collectively as a society for 400,000 years. the The written language has only been around for about 400,000, or for about, I think it's like what, uh, I'm forgetting what. Like 40,000 years.
1: Was. It's not that long. Yeah,
0: most of it's... human history is completely undocumented. But even the time that is, up until a certain point, we lived collectively. And we hunter gathered. So inherently is the wrong word to use. Now let's look at the, the market based economy like capitalism, and let's look at the inherent flaws in that. They literally program boom and bust into it because as soon as it booms, they can make money there, and they can sell short to make m- money on the bust. So they literally go both ways to make more money. And like Bush said, the profit motive and increasing profits every year is incredibly like uns- unstable. It's non even achievable in the real world because anyone any fan of the MCU will say, well, why didn't Thanos just, like, uh, there wasn't enough resource to go around because there is no infinite profit that you can have at some point money must go back down and guess what who pays for it after it? the working class because the people that do it in the first place they get off every single time yeah i mean
1: i this was really funny like uh, we saw like last year when we you know kind of entered our little recession that we're in now uh you like have you noticed that like every like 10 or so years 10 20 years just like you know things are really good and then there's kind of like a recession for a little bit i'm like you mother yeah, it's called capitalism. You idiot. That
0: that is the inherent me. Uh, that is the system that we live in. Like we, like, it is programmed to do that. Like, have you ever heard boom and buzz? It's like like
1: roaring twenties.
0: Economic is Literally one on one.
1: Booms again in the fifties, crashes in the sixties. Booms again in the seventies, eighties, crashes in the nineties. Booms again in the early two thousands, crashes in
0: 08. Booms again. Like, how do you not see this? No, it's it's just up and down, up and down, over it's and over and over. Corporations.
1: Again. Go hot, and it's like, and the problem is, it's becoming more frequent because it's getting worse. And this is like, like my theory on it, like the way I understand it is, like corporations take these risks, they go hog wild, and they uh they get like they make a fuck ton of money in a completely unsustainable way. Eventually, it's bound to crash. It crashes. They get a fuck ton of government bailouts, and like the government then begins to engage in actions like protectionism or like WPA, CCC, social spendings that like legitimately actually help the economy. Like we see in the recover, like FDRs, like the New Deal in the the 1930s, like people like to give credit to the war and yeah, it might've accelerated it, but we were well on our way out of the Great Depression by the time World War II rolls around.
0: There were Um, very few people that thought we were still in the depression by 37, four years before we joined the war. Yeah, I remember even before we didn't join the war until 41. We didn't really start supplying troops even until 40, or like supplying aid until 40. So where, there was no war economy in 39 or 38. That was just the post New Deal social spending, dig a ditch and fill it again on the other side. So, like, this idea that.
1: Uh, but, so then, like, what happens is this, not all these corporations are going to recover because they got a fuck ton of government bailouts because, you know, we need to have an economy. And then they're going to start doing the same thing over again because as soon as the economy recovers, they lift all the regulations or like a new like conservative like person gets elected and they lift all the regulations and they deregulate corporations make a fuck ton of money things are great for 10 years and then it crashes again it's just like it's so stupid i don't get how people can't see it
0: you know the only market that like doesn't go under when it comes to like a recession banks well there's them but i was gonna say to target it back a little bit drug dealers they make money yeah. whether people have money or not because Bars, if the people are happy. They're stores. celebrating with drugs. If the people are sad, they're 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 coping with drugs. Yeah. They are the only industry. They're one of the few industries that makes it through without government bailouts because guess what? Drugs are really profitable. If only people would actually realize on, uh, that and tax them. A
1: great take on safe injection sites because you don't know, like the the whole like anti-safe injection site. is, oh, I don't pay. My tax dollars are going to help some hobo get high. And it's like, well, if only there were play like oh it- yeah how crazy would it be if society, like had places where you could go buy and like consume controlled substances in the safe places where there was other people around that make sure you were doing it safely, and would serve mm-hmm. you. Like what if we had something like-, like that for alcohol, like like a bar or something?
0: <laughs> if yeah, it's kind of like Disneyland but for dope users.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, so This is so dumb. Like, like pe-
1: like so many people. But unironically, well, first of all, like the money's not going to come out of your pocket in the first place. Okay, that's like when people say, like we want to tax the rich. We're not talking about your dad who makes hundred grand a year. We're not talking about your mom who makes three hundred grand as an actuary. We're talking about Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett.
0: Yes, uh, the no, the actually no, no, we wealthy cl- people.
1: Yeah. yeah, if you're work, if you're working forty hours a week, legitimately working, we're not talking about you.
0: Um, no, absolutely not. The people that, but even if we work, work, work one day a year to file their taxes, if that's considered work, if they file taxes, even,
1: yeah, and they don't do it, somebody else does it.
0: Yeah, and the, like, and even if
1: they were talking about raising taxes on the working class, say a two percent tax increase. All right, uh, I make. Say I get taxed at twenty percent. I make a thousand dollars. I Take home eight hundred. They are going to raise my tax by 5%. So now I'm taking home an extra $50 less, you know, 5% less, but people, but people aren't going to be homeless or children aren't going to starve or health. People aren't going to die because they can't afford health care. Yeah. I'll fucking pay the 50 bucks. Like I'll pay the extra 5%, even if I'm Mm -hmm. making a billion dollars and it's an extra fucking five grand out of my, I don't care.
0: At least it's helping someone not helping to bomb middle eastern children that's
1: what that's what taxes are that's what our taxes should go to it should go to infrastructures go to fucking helping people not bailing out corporations not funding fucking war profiteering Not fucking anything else like it should go to helping the citizens of the united states and i don't understand why that's such a hard like concept people to grasp it's like yeah i actually want my taxes to stop people from starving
0: it's because we've clearly never had um, a view of successful social spending with social programs infinitely higher than our own with a successful economy. If only that country existed. Oh, wait, there are three of them. They're all the Nordic states. But I'm thinking of Sweden specifically because they have one of the highest GDPs per year, and they spend the most amount of social spending per, per capita in the entire world. And guess what? Their economy doesn't fail. They actually help their citizens. The quality of life is longer. The, 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 the age like The average age limit is longer. You'd, you'd be surprised that if you actually help people, instead of following Reaganomics back in the day and going down this free market destructive path, it actually helps people live. You know we talk Reagan, about, yeah, we talked about Reagan. Yeah, speaking of Reagan being
1: awful, the war on drugs.
0: We, yeah, we haven't discussed specifically the war on drugs. We discussed kind of just like the idealistic, like what we would kind of want kind of thing going forward and why it's not that way. But so I was going to actually ask you the question too. What, like, people would ask, what got us here? Well, it was a man, former governor of California, um, decent actor, referenced in the two th- in the 1985 hit film Back to the Future. He was president. He was the 40th president, I believe, actually. 40 fir- no, yeah, he was the 40th president. His name was Ronald Reagan. Bush, take it away. Ronald Reagan is bad.
1: He's a bad, bad <laughs> man.
0: Perfect, perfect, perfect. Cameron, take it away. <laughs> oh, my God. I gave you such a perfect up, and that's it. I know. Nah, fine, fine, fine,
1: I'm fine. sorry. You know what? I will admit I am not super knowledgeable when it comes to, like, the beginnings of the war on
0: drugs. Mm, that's fair. Well, there, there is a reason for that. There's a lot of misinformation propaganda-wise out there. There's a lot of different uh, cover-ups and stuff like that because, once again, we're dealing with both the executive branch and the State Department in the CIA. Because the war on drugs was truly began – As a cultural, because of the 1960s and the progressivist movements with um, uh, psychedelics and different studies with marijuana, because they were uh, because these drugs were so uh, firmly attached to the counterculture movement of the 60s, going against this imperialistic war that we were fighting, that became a culture war standpoint of saying, well, if you like drugs, you're a liberal, you're a hippie, smoking dope in the park, blah blah whatever. That's where that stereotype came from. So by the early, by the 70s, they had already started planning it. And by the time Reagan came along, he truly started implementing it, the war on drugs. They were, sh- studies were shut down. They were scheduled one all around the world because whatever we do, the rest of the world feels like they have to do. So all of these pills, like all of these different drugs that were associated with this counterculture movement were scheduled one, made it completely illegal. They were doing this for political gain because without the drugs, people thought, oh, they weren't gonna, they weren't going to vote, whatever it was, blah, blah, blah. People are just less likely to vote kind of, well, high kind of thing. So they go, they go through this, they, they schedule one and they get rid of all the research, they get rid of everything, but they realize that with this, there's a lot, there's a lot more power that certain community members would have certain other like people that would tend to vote democratic wise or like tend to vote liberal, the African-American and other minority population of the country. So they use the CIA to start to fund themselves. How do they start funding themselves? By smuggling in drugs. And where do they sell these drugs? They were told to sell them in ethnically diverse communities, especially large um, African-American populations, to get them hooked on cocaine and, uh, and crack, as well as other drugs like marijuana, get them hooked, catch them smoking it because it was illegal now, catch them using it, and they'd be sent to prison for 20, 30 years so they couldn't vote and then have no political power. And that yeah. is why we are where we are now. Reagan so uh, I, I do have some so
1: breaking awesome. news here, um, Go for that it. I, it was just sent to me, uh, tragic news, uh, in Kansas City, a, a black kid, uh, I believe he was 16 years old, his name was Ralph Yarrow, uh, was going to pick up to a couple of his siblings from what he believed to be a friend's house at an unknown address. He went to the wrong house, um knocked on the door of a white man who then shot him twice uh, after a brief conversation. Do
0: they know Uh, what the the conversation was about?
1: They do not. It's just, um, from what I understand, he went, knocked on the door, rang the wrong doorbell, and the guy uh, probably said, I was here to pick up my siblings. It was very, very quickly uh, shot him twice. And the man who did this is breaking news within, like, today, last couple hours. And as of now, the, the shooter is still free.
0: He's still free. Yep. Is it like uh, the kid? Like the day? kid.
1: The kid is alive, uh, in critical okay. condition in the hallway in, or in the hospital. Uh, but I mean, this is breaking news. Um, brand new. It was just sent to me by a how, friend. How
0: old is the? How old is the kid?
1: The kid is sixteen. The shooter is believed to be an elderly white man, eighties.
0: Maybe. Well, our, um, all all of our um, best wishes. Uh, the thoughts and prayers line. All of them go towards uh, his him and his family. We wish for him to have a speedy recovery. And as obviously as the story develops, if any motive comes to light and everything like that, we will definitely keep you up to date as we progress too. Um, that's very uh, very heartbreaking and very unfortunate. As a, the racial um, relations in this country are truly starting to dissip- uh, dissipate again. Well, not that they ever truly weren't there, but I feel like they're just they're getting more aggressive as. The last few years have shown us. Nazis have become more and more accepted in the world, and that is a very growing problem. But you even see that – I sent you that one poll. I think it was on YouTube. Would you rather live in an extremist right uh, society or an extremist left society? And it was like – I think it was like 70-30 was extremist right. That's – Well, that's so scary.
1: Part of that problem is you looked on YouTube, which – uh, the other part is, I uh, yeah, it's going back to this. We harp on this so much, but it's so true. Red Scare propaganda has a chokehold on
0: American society. Mm-hmm. We were, yeah, no one has ever taught truly what socialism or communism is. They just know it's a bad word. They can't say you're not supposed It's That was, that's what, that were the Russians. That was bad. The, the villains of Rocky four. Like that's what he was. He was a communist. Uh,
1: and you know, I mean, it's, even it's like everywhere. back to, Back to our boy Reagan. Reagan said liberalism was fascism. He said regulation of business is fascism. Like, so many people believe this. Like Ronald Reagan's widely regarded by a lot of people, especially like our parents' age and older,
0: as the greatest president ever,
1: the greatest mm-hmm. ruler in the history of humankind.
0: Like, they claim to be the Republican stand po- talking point now is they're either the party of Trump or they're the party of Reagan. And a lot of times you'll hear they they're the party of Reagan. They or the party they, of Lincoln. He would. That's. Eh. That's even questionable now because the, yeah. the Lincoln Project has done so much to just dis, like dishearten the like the MAGA people. Uh, they associate that name with you, uh, Liz Cheney, and stuff like that. Um, but it's just Reagan was their cult of personality, like we talked about earlier with Stalin and other like other figures like Trump, who's just very charismatic, knew how to talk, knew how to act, it's what he was doing. Um, and he basically just tricked Gorbachev into collapsing the Soviet Union, and because of that, people were never taught the like the other side of the economic system that is available, the other side of the political system that could be available to people that actually like need the help form from it. But those will be gone because a man from California decided I'm going to rule with an iron fist and do whatever I want, destroy the world and get rid of all my political point opponents. The only problem well, like, is the name was Ronald Reagan and not Stalin.
1: We're talking about um communist countries. Uh recently this past week Everybody's favorite, um, awful third world dictatorship, worst place ever to possibly live, Cuba, uh, held their uh democratic elections, um, this week. Uh, they went successfully, they actually had a higher voter turnout rate, uh, than any single American election in the 21st century. Perfect. Um, every single uh, some interesting th- facts about uh Cuba's democracy because it is a democracy, contrary to popular mm. belief in America, yep. it's a socialist nation. Uh, they kind of have like a national assembly. It's basically like a, a Congress, but um, they don't have a Senate. It's just one house. Uh, and there are, there is no political parties. There is no lobbying. No, they are. It is illegal to advertise your campaign. And uh, it's all like made up of like local elections. Uh, a lot of the candidate, most of the candidates are just people who decided to run or like union representatives, labor organization, farmer organization, like reps, members. And uh, yeah, they
0: had, a, they had
1: It's like the idea that people, the idea that people think like socialism has to be a dictatorship is just crazy to me.
0: Because of propaganda, like I actually have a friend who has uh, asked if she could be uh, go on it. She's actually from uh, Cuba, a descendant of Cuba, and she'd be more than willing to talk to talk to us about like uh, in a future episode just, uh, the Cuban situation in general. But um, yeah, that's that's one of the. Bring that up. We could definitely do an episode on that, talking about just the the situation that is Cuba because of us. Uh, but I think that's all I have for today. Unless Bush, did you have anything else you'd like to Uh say to our listeners? I
1: think that's all I got.
0: Yes. Um. Little. Hopefully, it was a little more educational episode, but hopefully, it was still a little fun to hear us talk it out and give you a little history lesson. But um. Thank you for listening to episode 12. We're coming up. Uh, it's been a long time, so I wanted to say thank you all. Thank, thanks to everyone. If you're still listening, please respond down in the Q&A. Tell us what you want us to talk about next week. We have a couple episodes planned, but a lot of this comes together as just talking together as we usually do. But if you guys have anything we want to talk about and you're listening this far, please let us know down below um, on Spotify. The Q&A section doesn't work. I don't think anywhere else. But we will be back next week. And then I think we'll, we will be back the week after. But um, following... Uh, coming up here in two weeks on May 1st will be our um, end of season one on Spotify and other uh, listening platforms will be the end of season one. We'll be taking probably a week or two break just for finals and just getting everything set up for season two in the summer. But then we'll be back for all of summer to, uh, to teach you guys even when school is out. Uh, it's been a real pleasure talking to you guys this semester. As we wrap it up, thank you guys again. This has been episode 12 of two lefties get it right. And I have been Cameron and I've been Griffin.